0: Welcome to Into the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-N-TIME, 877-363-8463. Has the final seven years begun? I knew you were going to look at me when you said that. Well, you're our trusted expert. So, so do
1: you want the answer right now
0: or do you want to, like prolong it over. Well why time. would we ask the question? Let's let's answer that question Okay, let Let's answer that. So Monday we talked about what the world government world messaging religion. is. World religion was that Monday? World religion was Monday. World religion messaging. Yesterday was world government messaging. Right. Today at the UN General Assembly, mm-hmm. the King of Jordan has some comments about Christianity being under persecution and um, under fire, rather, in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Temple Mount being shared, different things like that. Yeah. Well, that got us thinking about the final seven years. There's there's a lot of people that believe the final seven years has begun. So uh, yeah, I there would, are
1: a lot of people that believe that. Um, so, yeah, we know that the Bible predicts a time when there's gonna be um, peace agreement between Palestine and Israel. We know that there's going to be a sharing of the Temple Mount. We also know that that will start that final seven years. So right now, we're we're not there yet, but they are in the General Assembly of the UN in New York City, world leaders all over the place, talking about this. We have four different world leaders that commented on Israel and Palestine in the UN General Assembly. The things they talked about are very biblical. Um, I, I will tell you this. Um, There wasn't a lot of talk about a sharing of the Temple Mount. There was a lot of talk about what they call status quo, and they believe that they need to keep that in order to have a peace agreement. Right now, status quo is that everybody can visit the Temple Mount, but only Muslims can pray there. So in order for us to be in that final seven years, we're going to have to see a change in that. But It's very interesting what these world leaders talk about
0: in this article. On top of all this, Doug, I failed to even acknowledge that on Friday we talked about the red heifers landing in Israel. and That is a huge deal. Red heifers are are landing in Israel, world government's being established, world religion's being established. These leaders of both parties, uh, world religion, world um, government, are being established. Mm -hmm. And here now we're talking about this. Technically, they weren't talking about the sharing of the Temple Mount, but similarly, in Trump's peace plan, he doesn't mention a Jewish temple. Right. Though he talks about people being able to, he talked about, excuse me, Mm -hmm. people being able to worship respectfully according to their religion. Right. Which we know for the Jewish people, that means they need a temple. Right. But he doesn't say that because, is he trying to sneak it in or hide it or or it's a kind of a political move to get it on the table without saying it.
1: I, I believe the latter of what you said there. I believe that that was a way to leave the door open for the negotiations to settle that during the time that they'll discuss that. And I, and I do believe, I mean I, that's what the Bible tells us, and I do believe that that is where we're headed for them to be able to have an opportunity to even talk about a a peace agreement. Right here, these world leaders coming together. And remember, that's been the theme throughout this week. We've heard from the world religious leaders that peace was the end result here. And what did they talk about? How are we going to get that peace? We're going to have to come to an understanding that all religions worship the same God, that we're all going toward the same destination and we're going to have to stop our proselytizing of other faiths. And so we're looking at that. Then yesterday we saw the articles where they talked about peace. That's the main agenda of the UN now is peace. Uh, so remember, uh, when the UN was established, one of the reasons why they they claimed to establish it is for that. It was Earth's, uh, you know, greatest hope for peace, or the world's greatest hope for peace is the UN, where all these world leaders can come in a non-threatening environment and discuss, put things on the table and talk about what it's going to take to come together in unity in the world. And so that's what we've been seeing the theme is this week, and this just adds to that. It's been a very
0: interesting week. No doubt. The reason I brought all that up was to say, while King Abdullah did not specifically talk a lot about the Temple Mount. We know that's part of the conversation without saying. Right. We Yes, we do,
1: absolutely. The, the thing uh, also that he did say when he did discuss the Temple Mount is that Jordan feels a responsibility for the peace and safety of everybody that visits that area. And the reason why is because they control uh, the Islamic Waaf is in control of that area. That's who keeps kind of the peace up there. Besides the Israeli police, it's the Muslim Waaf. And Jordan is over that. And so uh, King Abdullah he feels a personal responsibility because uh, in Jordan, a lot of the population along the Jordan River in the jo- on the Jordan side, which would be the the East Bank is made up of Palestinians. And so these are things that has really kept, I mean Jordan and Israel has had a type of peace agreement for a very long time, like back in the 90s. But because of the situation there with the uh, West Bank and with the territories that they believe are occupied territories, they have kind of stood back and not come in and fully signed on to this Abraham Accord. So these are things they're talking about this week. And when we get into the article, you'll see exactly how he discussed it. And we'll break that down, too, because that's been something the U.N. has discussed for a very long time. And it's something the Bible talks about. So, uh, like I said, interesting uh, times that this week has brought to us. Not only that, Vince, but this weekend marks the start of a uh, a new year for Israel. It's the new year that's coming up for Israel and uh, there are feasts that are getting ready to take place that a lot of people try to say have prophetic meaning, and then and and they may. I'm not saying they don't, but a lot of people try to say every year, on the 24th of September, something big is going to happen. We hear that every year. It's always. Something. I was about
0: to ask you if you knew what date Saturday was.
1: Yeah, everybody has been talking about the 24th because of a a parliament member in. Uh, in Germany that made a comment about the
0: 24th will be a day that everyone will remember what they were doing. Well, not only that, there's been people who are regarded as prophets prophesy about September 24th or a range of dates starting September 24th. Yeah. And they say something substantial is coming.
1: Yeah, so we we don't really know because we won't know until we get there. The Bible doesn't talk about anything about September 24th and something prophetic happening that we can see. We don't see it anywhere in scripture. And so um, we've we've done programs in the past when there's been other things that were gonna happen and it always proved that nothing happened on that day. Not saying that nothing's gonna happen this time, but I'm just saying we don't see it in prophecy.
0: Well, we're gonna answer the question, has the final seven years begun? Probably a million times in the next 40 minutes. Um, Could could the final seven years begin Saturday, uh, September 24th, Doug? The final seven years will start when there's a peace agreement. All right, we'll talk more about it on the other side of the break.
2: Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy go to intime.com slash future, or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463.
3: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started Intime Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with a magazine, then went on radio and TV,
2: serving end time prophecy call one 800 end or visit endtime.com events for more information
0: Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Has the final seven years begun? We'd love to hear your response to that or any questions you have surrounding that. Some people believe that it has begun because the Pope signed a document that had a seven-year agreement. Some people believe it's begun for other reasons. Um, Other people believe it couldn't have began because the tribulation or rather the rapture hasn't happened yet. There's a lot of beliefs around this particular topic. So whatever questions you have about it, comments, we'd love to hear from you, 877, n time, 877-363-8463. As we mentioned before the break, Doug, the um, King of Jordan, uh, made his remarks at the United Nations General Assembly, and we're gonna kinda break that down. And we've got some photos to share along the way, so if you're only listening, you might, um, the photos aren't going to necessarily change the messaging at all, but they help with what we're talking about. So uh, if there's a way you could watch, check that out. It'll be a nice enhancement. I think we have a photo of King Abdullah we'd like to share as we begin this article. The, the uh, article that break down his speech starts by saying, uh, Jordan's King Abdullah II warned against undermining the status quo in his address to the UN General Assembly on Tuesday ahead of a meeting with Israel's prime Minister Lapid, he said the future of Jerusalem was a cause for concern and that Christianity in the holy city is under fire. Jordan sees itself as the custodian of Jerusalem's Muslim and Christian holy sites, including the Temple Mount complex, which houses the Alaska Mosque, a focal point of tensions in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Take a look at the Temple Mount now. The Temple Mount is the holiest site for Jews and the mosque is the third holiest site for Muslim, Muslims. Jews are allowed to visit but not pray at the site. The delicate arrangement known as the status quo has frayed in recent years, and Jews are visiting the site in record numbers and sometimes praying quietly. Yeah. And remember, Vince, for, so Dave
1: and, and our tour group has been over there, and Dave's been Definitely. doing the little, uh, he's been doing some videos from there. Yes. Um the other day, one of, he, he said, oh, somebody's coming, and he put his phone up while he was on the Temple Mount uh, because, the like I said, the Muslim, they consider this a holy site, and you're not supposed to be doing that kind of stuff while you're there. Uh, so he had to probably put his phone up at that moment. I didn't see anything, but somebody asked, was he all right? Did we hear from Brother Dave again? Yeah, we know Dave's okay. Uh, I haven't heard from him since that video, so... <laughs> Who knows? Oh, man, here we go. I I have, actually. I've been texting him back and forth, so we have talked. Maybe it's not him. (laughs) Conspiracy theory. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he's he's doing good. They're all doing good. But the thing is that um, we have seen in the past, remember last year it kind of uh, a lot of hoopla going on about they were surveying an area of the Temple Mount where many believe that the temple, a Jewish temple, could sit. And then, uh, you know, based on what Scripture says, we know uh, that the outer court will be given to the Gentiles. That's how we know there's going to be a sharing arrangement. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But um, they were surveying in that area. And uh, remember, the Bible says, measure it not, the outer court, because it's given to the Gentiles. So there's an area next to that Dome of the Rock. If we can throw that picture back up there, Uh, Guys, if we could put that up for a second, we'll look at that. And I'll kind of explain it to the listening audience. But just so that's the Dome of the Rock. This is a picture of that. Uh, There's Jewish people as well as other folks that are walking along there. But if this is going to be the south side of that Dome of the Rock. So on the north side, which is the opposite end of what we're looking at right now, there is an area over there that is cleared and it's a large, large area. It's just a big slab of the temple mount there that has that same kind of rock facing that the people are walking on here. And then that's where they believe that they'll put the, uh, the third Jewish temple. There's also an area over there on the other side of the dome that's known as the Dome of Spirits where many believe that was the original holy of holy, holiest of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was kept during the second uh, temple era. In the first temple era so uh... anyway that that is where we are on that we've also seen earlier this year remember there was some uh... some infighting there between the palestinians and the jewish people because some jewish people were going up to pray because a jewish judge said that some teenagers who went up there and and prayed uh... were in their rights to do so that is not status quo the status quo they're talking about is the only people that are allowed to pray there are the Muslim worshipers, and so that's status quo and uh so what he's talking about here that it's a delicate arrangement when he's when he's saying that in that last little paragraph you you read there vince that that is very volatile there it's an area that could spark of violence at any moment. We've seen violence happen there before. We've shown videos when violence is going on there. So people are very careful about what they do. Now, the Muslim people know that that the tourists that come to visit that, that are Christian tourists, uh, that that is a part of their livelihood. So they don't wanna stop that. But the whole thing, like you said before, with the Abraham Accords, it left that door open for all faiths to be able to go to the Temple Mount and worship there in respect to other faiths, and that's one of the things Which that wasn't signed. no, that, that agreement wasn't made. that was just left as an opening yeah. uh, but the Pope has also very interestingly made that comment that the that the Temple Mount is a holy place for all faiths it's It's a place just like they're wanting to do uh, where we've seen the Abrahamic house in uh, the uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, this is the type of setup that they want on that mountain as well. And that's what we will eventually see. So very interesting that he's talking about this. And this was his main topic of discussion. So anyway, I, I just want to stop you there so we could talk about that for a second. And, and now wherever you want to go from here, you want to finish Well, I anymore? have a
0: little question that is not really a little question because <laughs> it's a uh, highly controversial subject. But when we start talking about this, we have a lot of people who listen that don't agree with us on all the things. Right, And so people start saying things like there's no way what you're saying is going to happen before we're raptured out of here. And so I feel like it's kind of important to for, for people that are listening or viewing objectively. I think it's important that we explain why these things that we're talking about in prophecy can happen prior to the rapture. Yeah, okay. So, Absolutely. What do we tell people when they well when they I mean, say, "Well, we don't have to worry about that happening because we're we'll be raptured already."
1: <coughs> well, there's scripture, Vince, that that gives us a a pretty good explanation. And so, if we're gonna, that's
0: always good. Yeah, when I there's mean, scripture it, that we can point to <laughs> and say, "This is why we believe we'll still be here right. while these things are going on," and we have scripture to prove it and not someone's commentary on what the scriptures saying that that seems to help a lot right and and so let me just kind of help people with
1: this if they want to look at it um you know they can write it down or they can pull their bibles out real quick while i'm pulling the scripture up but one of the things that we know for sure is daniel nine twenty seven. it talks about that final seven years in daniel it talks about uh the he there who we believe is the antichrist, and we can back that up too, I won't go into it today. We talked about it the other day, why we believe that. Uh, but some of what I'm going to share with you now explains that as well. But he will confirm a covenant with many uh, for a final seven years and in the middle of that he will stop the animal sacrifices and set up the abomination
0: of desolation. So so that's important. So in this case the rapture hasn't happened yet.
1: Well. No, what you're, what it you're hasn't quoting. happened yet, and I'm and I'm going to show you
0: why. But he's going to stop animal sacrifices, which means animal sacrifices will begin again.
1: Yes, they will resume
0: before we're raptured. Yes. Okay.
1: So, so we know that because in that scripture it says that he stops those animal sacrifices, and that's in this final seven years, and it's in the middle of that final seven years that he does that. So it's three and a half years into the final seven years. Okay. So if you look at Daniel chapter eleven. It tells you, this is speaking of the Antichrist in this chapter, and it tells you in verse 31, it says, "...and arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice." So there again, it backs up that the daily sacrifice will be taken away. So there's going to be a daily sacrifice. It's not even a yearly sacrifice or a, a monthly thing. This is a daily sacrifice, It says, He's going to take that away and he's going to set up, it says, and they shall place the abomination that makes it desolate. Now remember that term because in a minute we're going to explain more when that happens. Verse 36 of Daniel 11 says, And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till indignation be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done. So it tells you who's going to do this. It's going to be the Antichrist. He's going to set the abomination and desolation up. Now, the other place that's very important to understand this is Jesus said in Matthew 24 that when you see the abomination and desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, to let those who be in Judea flee, for then there shall be great tribulation. It says a few other scriptures in between there, but I'm just shortening things up for the sake of time, but <clears throat> it tells you that that abomination of desolation is going to start the great tribulation. So we understand that by looking at the scripture, we can see that that is exactly what scripture tells us is going to happen. And then this is one of the key verses, and we'll go back to Matthew 24 in a minute, but I want to show you 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. and. This is starting in verse 1, going to verse 4. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, listen to this next part, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That's the rapture, folks. Jesus coming back in the clouds. We're gathered together with him in the sky, okay? It says, This is his topic, what he's talking about. So, concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ and our being gathered together, being raptured up, that ye shall not be soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither in spirit or by word or by letter, as from one of us, as that day of Christ is at hand. The day of Christ and the day of the Lord are the same day. Okay? Christ is the Lord. And we know this because Thomas said it. My my Lord and my God when Jesus revealed his hands and his side to Thomas. So Christ, the day of Christ is at hand. The day of the Lord is at hand. That's when Jesus comes back and we're raptured. Then he says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who is this talking about? We're about to find out because this person is going to do something that Daniel 11 just described. Verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So, Paul tells us right there that until this man of sin, which is the Antichrist, is revealed, that the Lord's not coming back. He's not going to come back, he's not going to rapture us out until this event happens. Well, you go back to Matthew 24 and look at what Jesus said. He said in verse 15 there, very clearly, he says that when you shall see the abomination of desolation, that's what we just talked about. That's what that's called when the man of sin sets himself up in the temple of God, proclaiming be God. He said that when you see this, in verse 15 it says, uh, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth let him understand, and then let them who be in uh, Judea flee into the mountains. And then verse 21 says, for then there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor shall ever be. So it tells you that that event starts the great tribulation. Paul says that until you see the abomination and desolation, there's not going to be a return of Jesus. Now, if you go down to Matthew 24, 29 through 31, Jesus says this. Immediately after when? the tribulation. When did um, you just say Immediately after. After, okay. The tribulation. Not before? Not before. Immediately after the tribulation. Or in the middle comes. of? Not even in the middle of Or
0: however it pans out in here.
1: No no panic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Don't make me bring an organ, Duck. Shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from the heaven and the powers of the earth or the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven and he shall... Uh, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of the heaven to the others. This is the rapture, folks. That's when it happens immediately after the tribulation of those days, Jesus tells you. So Paul confirmed it by saying that it's not going to happen until that man of sin be revealed. Jesus tells us it's immediately after the tribulation. So that there, that's a lot of things being said in a very short amount of time.
0: But that's what scripture says. I will add that this wasn't part of our plan. No, it wasn't. You are just that good. When (laughs) posed with such a question, you lead us down uh, with such expert guidance well, I don't know about that.
1: That's um that comes from just studying and the the Holy Spirit of the Lord. It has well, nothing amen. to do with old Doug. So that's well, just that, that comes from being, you know, led, spirit led and seeking God and wanting to know the truth. Like we tell everybody every day, if you want to be able to tell people where we're at, you gotta be in God's word.
0: You gotta be studying, you gotta be praying, you gotta be seeking. Amen. Well, so, all those things are going to happen before we're raptured. Mm-hmm. So, again, can we answer the question for all that need to hear it? Has the final seven years begun? Not yet. We'll explain more on the other side of the break. We also have open lines 877 N times the number to call, 877 363 8463.
2: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day.
0: Welcome back to Into the Age, Vince Siegel here with Doug Norvell, open lines at 877-877-363-8463. Has the final seven years begun? That's the question that we are discussing today, and we're specifically focusing in on the speech given by King Abdullah of Jordan at the United Nations General Assembly yesterday. And we left off in this article, kind of went on a bunny trail, Doug, because we think it's important, at least, I brought it up and you agreed to go along with it. So I think we think, I can speak for us. We think it's important that you understand that these things can happen prior to the rapture occurring. And as far as we can tell from scripture, they are going to happen prior to the rapture occurring, including the Great Tribulation. We realize that um, a lot of people are teaching something different. And, you know, we're not mad at them. We want people to be born again no matter where you land on when the rapture happens. So go to endtime.com reborn to learn more about what it means to be born again. But nonetheless, um, it's really hard to get into some of these topics if you think we're gonna be raptured away and there's nothing to be concerned about. So we feel like we need to explain that clearly before getting into this. But this article goes on, Doug, to say, um, he's talking about the, the Temple Mount here and the, the Jews have been going on the Temple Mount and praying quietly. I'm trying to find where I left off there as we speak. And I'm going to have to search if I can spell properly. But um, he's talking about the holy city must not be a place for hatred and division. Mm -hmm. And he claims that Christians were under fire in Jerusalem. And Israel's had some recent tensions with Christian leaders in the capital, including court and government disputes over church properties. Now, why is that, Doug? Well, i so the
1: situation there with some of that is you've got Christians that are like Christian Jews even that are there that uh, think that you know trading land for peace is a bad deal for Israel for one thing. That's, that's one of the disputes they have with Christians there uh, because we see in the Bible that they shouldn't be giving up land for peace and they're willing to give up land for peace. So this is always something that they're going to butt heads about. Uh, but some of the stuff with, uh, you know, disputes over church properties and things like that. The thing about that, Vince, is the Catholic Church owns a lot of uh, church properties there. As a matter of fact, when you're on tour, there's a few places we go to, like um, where they believe that uh, Elijah had the showdown with the Baal worshippers. They have a place there. It belongs to the Catholic Church. So you pay a fee to go in there and things like that. Uh, there's uh, the uh Uh, the Mount of uh, the Beatitudes also is Catholic. It seemed uh, like on every corner there was a Catholic something or other. Yeah, the Church of the Teardrop is there. I mean, that's actually a place that, you know, Jesus wept here and there's a teardrop and we put a church up. So those are things that they dispute about as well. But the biggest dispute that they have there is uh, it's not unsimilar to what Paul was going through when he had his transformation, Vince. I mean, when you think about it, uh, Saul, before he became Paul, he was a Pharisee and he believed uh, that the, the Christians that followed Jesus Christ were part of a uh, a heretic sect. And so he was after those people and he arrested them. He, he followed them. He found out where they were. He had them beaten. He had them, uh, you know, taken back to Jerusalem for trial and things like that because he believed that they were worshipping another God, but they were Jews. And so on his way to Damascus, if, if there's listeners that don't know the story, on the way to Damascus, Saul was going to persecute Christians that he had found lived in the Damascus area. He had found out where they were. So he was on his way there. On the way there, the Lord blinded Saul. He fell to his knees, and the voice from heaven said, Saul, Saul, why you persecute me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Because... Saul thought he was following the one true God of Israel, and he's he says, a Jewish man. "Yeah, because he's a Jewish man, and you know he knows." Hearo Israel, the Lord our God is one is Lord. One Lord, and so now here's these Jews saying that that this guy Jesus is their God, and so he said, "Who are you, Lord?" Uh, and in the Bible it says that the Lord said, "I am Jesus." So Saul had this aha moment, and he realized that Jesus was the one true God of Israel. And so he said, what, what must I do, Lord? And the Lord told him very specific instructions and said, this is who you're going to go see and you go to this street called Straight and this guy is going to help you out. At the same time that that was going on, Ananias was receiving word from the Lord, hey, Saul's gonna come see you. And he's like, hold on, God, Saul's gonna come see me? That's the guy that's killing Christians. You're telling me he's coming to my house? And he said, yeah, but he's been praying. So there's power of prayer again. He says he's been praying and he's been transformed. Now tell him what he's got to do next. And what did he tell him? He said, Arise, why tarriest thou? Go and wash away thy sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. He had just heard the Lord's name come straight from the Lord's mouth. I am Jesus. Changed his life. So we're still in that situation. There's Jewish people that don't know Jesus. And so when Christians are there teaching Jesus, it's it's a situation where they have disputes over that because they don't believe Jesus was their Messiah. They're still in that that Saul mode. They haven't switched over to the Paul mode yet, you know. And we know that one day they will, but it will be at the Battle of Armageddon where, you know, Israel's actually going to be saved. And so um, there's scripture to back that up as well. But here we went on another, I'm sorry, I know we went down another rabbit hole there, but... I think that's very important that we understand why there is that conflict bef- between Christians and Jews in the Holy Land, and that's part of that. We we also have to operate very carefully having a college there and teaching Jewish people uh, the Word of God. And so we, we have to tread very lightly there. And uh, and we've seen Jewish people's lives being changed there uh, because of that. And, and right now there's 50 people over there whose lives are about to change. Uh, they're in, a, in a few days, they'll be in the Jordan River and people will be baptized and uh, it will be a life-changing moment for many. So anyway, uh, saying all that, that's what's going on and that's what they're talking about uh, when they say that Christians are kind of under fire. It's not actually like Christians are being persecuted there, but we just read scripture events when that particular event called the Abomination of Desolation will begin a persecution of Not just Jewish people living in those settlements, but also the Bible says that the Antichrist makes war against the saints.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So if the Antichrist, so if you believe that the rapture happens before the Great Tribulation, you're also believing that the rapture happens before the Antichrist is on the scene. Right. Who are these saints? Yeah, well, a lot of
1: people say, well, they're tribulation saints. They're people Uh who came to God after the rapture happened because they realized They miss the rapture and through that they they end up being saved. That's not anywhere in the scripture. Um, But there's another very interesting scripture that tells you that the people who are part of the first resurrection were actually people who died because they wouldn't take the mark of the beast. And we know the mark of the beast isn't given out until the three and a half years during the tribulation. And so in order to refuse the mark of the beast, you have to be here during the mark of the beast. And it says those people are part of the first resurrection. That first resurrection is going to include all the Old Testament saints and all the New Testament saints, including and especially those who proclaim Jesus Christ and don't take the mark of the beast during
0: the tribulation. What about the people that say, well, the bride's not going to be beaten before the wedding? You've heard that a lot. Yeah, well
1: when people say these things that what they're looking at is they're looking at the wrath they're thinking that the wrath of God is the same thing as the great tribulation. But scripture tells us that the wrath of uh God is not the great tribulation. The great tribulation is actually found in Revelation 12 and it's when the uh the devil and his angels are cast out of heaven and bound to the earth after a war with Michael and his angels. And it says that he, it says um, woe to the inhabitants of the earth for the dragon comes down to you having great wrath because he knoweth his time is short. And then Revelation 14, I think that's in 12, and Revelation 14 tells us that his time is time, times, and the dividing of time or the half of time. Same thing that Daniel tells us is the timing of the great tribulation, time, times, times. And the dividing of time is three and a half years, and that's exactly how long the Great Tribulation lasts.
0: All right. So how do we wrap up this article ad- adequately, Doug? <laughs> uh,
1: man, Vince, I don't know. We've gone, <laughs> we've gone so far with it. Uh, bottom line is that we, we just need to understand that there were many people talking about it, okay, because I don't think we're going to be able to wrap it up and get to our phone calls. We've got a full bank of calls right now. Uh, and we've got very little time to operate in. So just uh, understand that there were other leaders uh, that did the same thing that King Abdullah did. There were four different leaders that came up there. One of them, which is interesting, is uh, Gutierrez, who is the leader of the UN. The other one is, um, that was interesting is uh, Erdogan, the, uh, the leader of Turkey. So there's Gutierrez, a picture of him, and there's Erdogan. Who is the leader of Turkey, who also called for a two state solution and also called the Mount the Temple Mount Harim al sharif which is uh, the Arabic name for the Jewish Temple Mount, okay? We need to just do a, a program one day, Vince where we explain that the the Temple Mount and how the, it's connected to the Jewish people because uh, there's several scriptures we can talk about in the word of God that shows that that Temple Mount belongs to to Jerusalem. But in 70 AD, when uh, the Romans destroyed the city and the sanctuary, they destroyed that temple. And ever since then, there has been a Muslim um, presence there since 70 AD. And so up until 1967 war, when the Jewish people took it back from Jordan and and got the Temple Mount back. So there's a lot of history there. One day we'll have to visit that and spend an entire hour just talking about that. But I think that that probably gets us wrapped up enough to where people can go check this article out for themselves.
0: Well, let's answer the question one more time, at least one more time. Yeah. Has the final seven years begun?
1: It has not at this point. But they are
0: definitely talking
1: about, in order to have peace, a two-state solution, which we know is in scripture. They're talking about a status of Jerusalem, a status of Palestine, and they're talking about sharing Jerusalem as their capital. It's not gonna happen because the book of uh, Zechariah, chapter 14, tells us that Israel controls that city all the way up to the Battle of Armageddon. So they're talking about things, Vince, in this article that's gonna lead us to the Battle of Armageddon.
0: Is it possible that the final seven years could begin this year?
1: It is possible that that could happen with a peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And and everything would have to fall into place, though. The, the Temple Mount would have to be part of that. Well, um, when you've got
0: three months left, is that even, a Temple Mount
1: going to be possible in three months? We couldn't start building a Temple Mount yet, but we could come to a solution and, and an agreement sure. in that oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. But, no, the, the Temple Mount, I, I believe it would take, At least, I would think in my mind. I've heard uh, one of the rabbis say that they thought that it could be done in a year and a half. Don't know if that's possible. Don't know if it could be done quicker. But you know, some people believe that they've already began cutting the stones out for it.
0: Well, you know, if rabbis are anything like pastors, sometimes these building programs, (laughs) there's a lack of understanding about how long it will actually take. That's true. You know, I I know that the temple is not a massive structure as well. You know, this isn't something that is large and even elaborate, kind of boxy, pretty straightforward on the measurements Mm -hmm. on what's required. So it's not like it's that difficult of a build to happen. Right. Um, And with modern technology, it could come up quickly. Could the final seven years begin September 24th? If there's a peace agreement signed between the Palestinians and the Israelis, sure. All right. Well, we will be getting to our callers on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. I'm sure there'll be some exciting conversations that you don't want to miss out on. We'll be right back.
4: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month.
0: Welcome back to Into the Age, Vince Steagall here with Doug Norvell. Has the final seven years begun? The answer, pretty straightforward from us, is no. Could it begin on September 24th? Um, Doug says it. it's possible. He doesn't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's possible technically. So. Um, And let me just say this too, it would have
1: to include all those elements that we see in the Bible. The five elements, yes. Right. So so there's that too. But yes, it's possible it could happen before the end of the year, but I don't think that it will. Possible, not probable. But it could.
0: Yeah. I'm holding on to the possibility over here. (laughs) All All right. Well, let's get to our phones. Now we will go to Randy in Colorado. Randy, welcome to End of the Age.
5: Hey, nice to meet you guys. Finally got online with you.
0: Likewise. Right. Thanks for calling in.
5: Um, I got a quick actually I got two questions, but one major question. I've been following your guys' show for quite some time now, and I saw that there were five red heifers that arrived in uh Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, do you guys know when the Temple Mount will be built and where will it be built at? Because well,
1: I'm kind of curious myself. So we, we don't know exactly when the Temple's gonna be built. Now, as far as where, I kind of talked about that earlier, I don't know if you were able to, to hear earlier when we were talking about that, but I showed a picture of the Dome of the Rock And to uh, what would be the north of the Dome of the Rock, there is a very big area there where they could put uh, the Jewish temple. They could build it there. And some believe that the holiest of holies are located there. There's a small dome that you can actually kind of stand inside of this little dome. It's called the Dome of the Spirits. And many believe that that was where the original holiest of holies was located. So that's where they're looking at as far as uh when when they get to the go ahead to build a temple that's where they want to put it now, as far as Israel's concerned, Randy, they have all the implements uh the the vessels and and the tools and everything they need there uh the So the red heifer was kind of a big deal that they got these red heifers. if they turn out to be kosher after their two years and one day uh they would be able to sacrifice uh the heifers and and get the ashes that they need for the purification ceremony uh now we you know we're watching that very closely because this is the first time that they've had that many to to watch and see how they turn out. but with everything else that's happened prophetically for them to get these five red heifers it's kind of a big deal, especially since they haven't had one in you know over two thousand years and and the Jewish belief is that they've had nine red heifers up to this point, and the tenth red heifer will usher in their Messiah. And so um, that's that's why that's kind of a big deal. Temple Mount is always gonna be a big deal. Uh, like I said, you know, we, we know exactly uh, where in the Bible we can show that there's going to be a, a temple and that there's gonna be a sharing arrangement. And it's interesting that Revelation chapter 11, verse one and two talks about that and says, leave out the outer court for it is uh, given unto the Gentiles it will be trodden down for 42 months. That's where the Dome of the Rock is. Okay. Those are great questions, Randy. We're glad that you were able to connect
0: with us today. We appreciate it. That's a great question. And we also talk about um, the red heifers in more detail on last Friday's show. So you can go to endtime.com and check out the archive show there. We talk a little bit more in detail about it there. Thanks for your call, Randy. God bless you. Let's go to Anna in Florida. Anna, welcome to End of the Age.
5: Hi. Um, well, two things I want to just tell you is I believe that the seven years started. But the first thing I want to say is the last time I spoke with Brother Baxter was, um, you know, I think it was his last program, and it was about he was asking if we thought Trump would win post so before the election, and I, I hope I don't. I hope I'm able to get myself together talking about Brother Baxter. But anyway. Um, and I know that he passed on election day and all. But anyways, um, and I, I called in and I said, yes, I believe you know, that Trump's gonna make it because we're the wings of the eagle and, and so forth and everything. And then of course we know how all that turned out, but I still of course believe that. And I also possibly believe maybe God may use Trump again. We'll see how all that plays out, but anyways. I just um, wanted to say that I, I just treasure that time that I was able to call in and talk to him. Okay, now. So you're saying
0: <laughs> you're saying you believe the the final seven years have begun.
5: Well, yes, I I do because I know you know listening to Brother Baxter for ten years, I know about the peace agreement and the supporting um, all the supporting scriptures and what has to come about and. As my son, he's so involved now, and he loved, he called y'all yesterday, but um, he's like, where's the peace agreement? I said, no, it's supporting scriptures from chapter 11 and so forth. And, he, and I said, but I believe, me, that possibly these things can come about, the two-state solution, all those things, and the temple, and all that, through a war or something like that, rather than a, a peace agreement. But I know in chapter um, 11, the two kings sit at the table and lie to each other. But anyways, the reason that I believe that we could be in is I just, if I take the peace agreement out of my thinking, and I just read that 927, it does look like the Pope, and I do see they're intertwined close together, like he does signs in front of the AC, you know, the Antichrist and all. And I see that there's two covenants there in chapter Daniel chapter 11, 22, is the bad covenant because it's connected with the prince of the covenant which is the bad which is to me i'm thinking as the pope and then 1130 they're talking about the you know the holy covenant which is god And the ac he's gonna be against the holy he comes against the holy covenant which is the abrahamic covenant so i see there's two in there and i know the 11th chapter is so challenging for me and i I just pray I'll one day understand that maybe as it's happening or something. But I'm just so thankful that Jesus told us when you see the abomination of desolation that that starts the clock. You know, so I'm thankful for that, and I'm so glad you put that we can love each other even if we don't agree. And <laughs> Absolutely. I have a, my husband is my husband is trip, but he, he's not anymore because you know he's like oh well, whenever Jesus. Comes, i showed them the scriptures and the really the clincher is the first resurrection in Daniel 20, I mean in Revelation 20, and of course Matthew 20, uh, 24, verse 29. So I, we love each other and we love watching everything and, and, and studying the word together. And I love that Brother Baxter used to say, show people the word. And I have lived by that since I learned that um, from 2010 watching Brother Baxter that show people in the word what you believe and so forth. And
0: most of the time they'll
5: honor the holy word, you know. But I've said enough, and that's my my little thinking on that.
0: Thanks, Anna. We appreciate your perspective on that. Of course, uh, we've spent some time here. Um, explaining our perspective. And so, Doug, I don't think, do you want to go back into that? No? no? All right? But we do appreciate you calling in, Anna, and giving your perspective. Like you said, we still love you. We're not mad at you. That's okay. <laughs> uh, we'll find yeah. out eventually. And, um, yeah, you know, who cares who is right once we get there? Let's just hey, uh, get to doing Jesus' right. work. God bless yeah, you, Anna. Yeah. Let's get to Randy. You. Let's get to Randy in Illinois. Randy, welcome to End of the Age.
6: Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Doug. And thanks to Irvin and his wonderful prayer warrior and teaching that he got straight from the Lord, and it's so great. It has blessed me. It has blessed some of the churches that I've been to, and I won't go into that. I just want to think of um, something that was in the news today, the saber rattling from Russia, and I'm hoping this would help people real quick. I won't be long. As Apostle Paul told us, we don't have to worry about whether we live or whether we die. It's only that if we're in Jesus Christ, that's all that matters. And the first resurrection, as you all have already talked about. And it's so great to, to have all of the word put together instead of just picking and choosing because no word, no one scripture trumps another. And it's just so great to see all of the Bible and I could never read Revelation my last point I could never read Revelation never could read Daniel with hardly any understanding but it is so great after ordering the study guides and obviously through prayer and you think of course that's what this means but, uh-huh. but thank you guys and if you would like to talk for about any of these topics thank you
0: thanks Randy we appreciate your call I will say that Um, The study guides that he's referencing is available online. Um, You can go to endtime.com slash JPC. It's the Jerusalem Prophecy College. We have a college in the city of Jerusalem, and we've also made that same content available online. And so you can go through the Jerusalem Prophecy College no matter where in the world you are. As long as you have an internet connection, you can go through these courses that he is mentioning here. And um, um, we believe that if you go through that, it's going to open your eyes and it doesn't really matter how long you've been following the Lord or studying scriptures, this can be beneficial for you um, and there are I think 11 courses available there so go to endtime.com slash JPC, check it out, it's certainly life changing, many testimonies from around the world of how it's impacted um, people's lives and so Randy's just one of them that has gone through that same content. So. Uh thank God for that and appreciate that testimony, Randy. Uh, let's go to Daniel in Michigan. Daniel, welcome to End of the Age. Hello? Hi, Daniel, you're on the air.
2: Oh. Um yeah, I believe what you guys are teaching about the final seven years not starting yet. But I had a question. Does there have to be a peace agreement? Uh well. Uh, wait, uh, does there have to be a peace agreement to set when they sacrifice the red heifer? or uh,
0: So, so no, should there be a, a peace it, agreement in good. place before the sacrifice of the red heifer?
2: Right.
1: No, there doesn't have to be at all, uh, Daniel. There's uh, the, the whole situation with the uh, red heifer is they need those ashes for purification before those priests go up on the Temple Mount. Uh, some oh. it, it's There's kind of two camps there, which is interesting to me because some people believe that they don't necessarily have to have the ashes. Others believe they absolutely have to have the ashes. The Bible says if you've come in contact with any dead body or anything like that and you're impure, uh, which most people have come in contact with a dead body. If they've been to a funeral, they've been in contact with a dead body. They would have to have these ashes uh... in order to be cleansed to go up and begin the rituals that are in the temple but as far as it happening uh... does there have to be a peace agreement first no absolutely not as soon as those red heifers are proven to be kosher they can go ahead with the sacrifice and uh... and they've practiced the sacrifice outside the walls of the temple before to see how far the ashes would go So. They've done it before with um, a simulated red heifer. It wasn't a kosher red heifer, but they sacrificed a heifer there to see how far the ashes would take them when they do sacrifice one. So um, absolutely not. They wouldn't have to have the peace agreement in place for that.
6: How, old, how much longer until they're old enough?
1: I'm, I'm not About sure. A year. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that it was like close to a year. Uh, and I'm not completely 100% sure. Go, I'm sorry, what did yeah, you say? I, that's all right. I'll thank you. I'll let you go.
0: All right, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Now we're at the end of the show already. It's over. We've got 20 yeah. seconds left, Doug. What wow. would you say to wrap this up? Uh,
1: to wrap this up, man, just keep your eyes on the things that are happening right now. Prophecies are coming to pass so quickly. We need to be in the Word. We need to be studying. We need to help each other understand these things so that we know that we... Uh, are doing everything in our power
0: to present this. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time.
4: This has been End of the Age brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1 800 End Time. That's 1 800 363 8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.
0: Thank you for watching. If you liked this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page.